you know, when it comes to signal jammers, the Communications Act is totally clear. You can't make them, import them, sell them, ship them, or operate them. If you are using unauthorized jamming equipment, we will find you and hold you accountable. Chair Rosenworcel drops the hammer on signal jammers. Unlit towers are coming down. Settlements and staff changes all around. Coming up on this long overdue episode of FCC Today, the podcast. REC, FCC Today, meet you Bradley. It's Tuesday, February 1, 2022 here in Riverton. And I know what you're wondering. Michi is finally doing a podcast again. There's been a lot of reasons why you haven't heard too many podcasts lately or why you haven't heard really too much of me. It's because I've been very busy and not just with radio related stuff, but also with family related stuff. Also commonly around this time of the year, we have to shut down the upstairs office earlier than usual because of the weather. The area has received two snowstorms in the month of uh, January, and it's been pretty cold up here. So, yes, I've been packing up and going back downstairs earlier in the evening, so that way we can uh, stay warm because, you know, warmth is important and all. Also, the NCE settlement window has been keeping me very busy lately. The FCC opened a two-month period that mutually exclusive applicants from the NCE non-commercial educational filing window that took place in November could reach settlement agreements with other applicants that their applications conflict with, otherwise known as mutually exclusive or MX groups. Now, the NCE settlement window uh, closed on January 28th after being open for two months. Some groups have asked the FCC to extend their negotiation period. The FCC is going to allow this. This was in the public notice, and I'm involved with uh, a couple of those extended settlements. I can't obviously get into details about them. You'll know about them when they file. There were 231 MX groups. Of them, 69 so far have been fully resolved, and three groups were split. Now, what is a split group? A split group happens when you have several applicants that are more in a daisy chain pattern, like from east to west or from north to south, and not like where you have like a whole cluster of applicants in the same general area. If in this daisy chain situation, one of the middle applicants decides to either voluntarily dismiss their application or otherwise make a modification that would make them a singleton and take them out of the MX group, now all of a sudden you have two groups and it, it would be very fair that each of those groups be able to um, compete within those subgroups for a construction permit. Now, one of the split groups has divided Pennsylvania with Virginia and Maryland. Another group broke off Danville, Virginia with applicants in North and South Carolina and the third group was pretty much split along the Chesapeake Bay with Virginia applicants being in one group 
and applicants uh, primarily on the Delmarva Peninsula, where REC is located, on the other. So obviously I have a, a deep interest in what happens in that split group. So again, um, the FCC will eventually take these two comparative review and should review each half of those groups separately. And in those cases, there would be uh, two tentative selectees. Now, this is not the same thing as a secondary grant, but this is actually two groups that split up. Uh, Chairwoman Rosenworcel announced some staff changes just the other day. Holly Sorer will replace Michelle Carey as chief of the Media Bureau. Uh, she has previously worked in the Media Bureau as a deputy bureau chief and was recently Chairwoman Rosen Morsel's media advisor, actually technically acting media advisor. Um, I've worked with Holly. Um, I've talked to her a few times in the past, um, mainly along the lines of LP250. I'm looking forward to her being the chief of the Media Bureau. And, of course, I, I wish all the best for Michelle Carey in her future endeavors. Loyan Egal will replace Rosemary Harold as acting chief of the Enforcement Bureau. Um, he's coming over from the DOJ. He did have some previous time at the FCC. He started the first FCC white-collar fraud unit called the Universal Service Fund Strike Force. Deborah Johnson becomes chief of the Public Safety and Homeland Security Bureau in a promotion from deputy chief in the same bureau. Alejandro Rourke will become chief of the Consumer and Government Affairs Bureau. Alejandro comes from the outside, previously serving as the executive director of HTTP, a CEO roundtable of national Latino civil rights organizations. Finally, Michelle Ellison, who is currently the acting general counsel for, of the FCC, will take on that role permanently. Congratulations to everyone, and we wish you the best of luck. Oh, we got upheld dingers this time around. The FCC upholds a dinger against a cell phone jammer. The full commission upholds a $22,000 dinger against Ravi's Import Warehouse in Dallas. In 2017, the FCC issued an NAL, a notice of apparent liability, stating that the owner installed a cell phone jammer in order to prevent employees from using their cell phones while working. This was the case where the owner allegedly offered to sell the jammer to the FCC field agent. During the FCC's open meeting, this is what Commissioner Rosenworcel had to say about it. Uh, you know, when it comes to signal jammers, the Communications Act is totally clear. You can't make them, import them, sell them, ship them, or operate them. It doesn't matter if you're using them in a business, a classroom, a home, or a vehicle. Unless you are operating under a limited exemption for federal law enforcement, they are not allowed. The reason for this is obvious. Unauthorized signal jammers interfere with the use of authorized spectrum. They can disrupt the wireless signals we count on to power so much in our daily lives, and they can endanger life. That's why today's decision upholding the work of our Enforcement Bureau is very important. It makes clear that if you are using unauthorized jamming equipment, we will find you and hold you accountable. 
February 18, the FCC will hold their next open meeting. The short agenda includes items related to promoting telehealth in rural America to demand that a telecom company provides cost and demand data in order for staff to calculate refunds to customers after multiple FCC investigations, an enforcement action, and some updates to the radio broadcast protection rules. This includes eliminating the maximum rated transmitter power limit for AM broadcast stations. As a result, AM stations would have a wider variety of transmitters available to them. This will not mean that AM stations would be able to increase their authorized power, just that a station can use a transmitter designed for a higher power at the lower authorized power. Class D contour protection rules are harmonized with FM translator and full service NCE rules by decreasing the interfering contour of second adjacent protection from 80 to 100 dBU. Also for NCE, the order harmonizes the rules in various sections regarding the definition of community coverage. NCE stations, that's non-commercial educational, in the reserve band from 88.1 to 91.9 must continue to provide a 60 dB service contour over at least 50% of the community of license. The FCC also harmonizes rules in respect to the areas where FM translators can fill in an AM broadcast station. The overall definition is not changing. FM translators can provide fill-in service for AM stations out to the 2 millivolt per meter daytime contour or 25 miles, whichever is longer in the appropriate direction. The FCC will change the FM rules to reflect the proper minimum distance separations to Mexican and Canadian FM allotments. Those distances were changed decades ago through revised international agreements, but they were never codified in the rules. The FCC also removes language that provided protection to grandfathered common carrier use of the 76 to 100 megahertz band in Alaska. This rule can be removed because no such stations exist anymore. In the Department of What the Hell Was He Thinking? On November 3rd and just published last week, FCC District 3 Field Enforcement received a complaint of interference by the U.S. Coast Guard to Marine Radio Channel 16 in Southern California. Channel 16 is the international distress and calling channel in the Maritime Mobile Service. According to the complaint, there was a continuous dead carrier on the channel. The FCC traced the interference to the home of Charles Block of Long Beach. The radio was an ICOM M11. The radio was turned off and the interference magically went away. Unless licensed as a coast station, marine radios cannot be used on land. Many years ago, they were illegally sold in truck stops as skip-free CB. Block was given 10 days to respond to the NOV. All right, everybody sit. I've got three items on the docket. First, we need to acknowledge the elephant in the room. Now talk about an elephant in the room. The FCC has ordered the dismantling of a tower in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. The tower! The tower! Rapunzel! Rapunzel! The 374-foot tower has been unlit for many years and is considered a menace to navigation. 
Apparently, there has not been a broadcast station on the tower since around 2005 when the electricity was reportedly shut off. The tower was owned by Searc Broadcasting, who sold it to MRS Ventures in 2003. Both companies have since gone belly up. The land is owned by Laura Lynn Gaither, Edward Wilkerson, and Alan Wilkerson. They've been trying to get the title for the structure so they can get it dismantled, but they're citing delay because they're having difficulty finding counsel knowledgeable in FCC issues. The owners have 90 days to dismantle the structure. FCC Today. FCC Today, the podcast, is available through Podbean, iHeart, and other places where you get your podcasts. Our input line is 202-963-0852. Keep up to date in real time with the FCC Media Bureau by keeping a web browser locked on FCC.today. This has been a production of REC Networks, always on at recnet.com. I'm Michelle Bradley, SBE Certified Broadcast Technologist. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. REC.